Hi friends, welcome back to the Hill of Roses, where we come once again to celebrate the best works of the social left and debate the policy positions of the movement we create together. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing the recent extradition and arrest of Julian Assange by the United States and determining whether we thought that was appropriate. When polled this week on the topic, 90% of the 144 of you that voted said that Julian Assange should not be arrested. Apparently, 10% of you care more about keeping government secrets under wraps than the freedom of the press. I hope you'll reconsider after this video. First, why is Julian Assange being arrested? Contrary to popular narrative, it has absolutely nothing to do with the Mueller probe or the 2016 election and has everything to do with Chelsea Manning and her leak of sensitive government information in 2010, including videos of the July 12, 2007 Baghdad airstrike, the 2009 Granai airstrike in Afghanistan, uh, and the 2,511, 287 U.S. diplomatic cables and 408, 20,832 army reports that came to be known as the Iraq War Logs and the Afghan War Diary. Chelsea Manning was charged with 22 counts, including most seriously aiding the enemy. And Julian Assange is now being charged with conspiracy due to allegations of him encouraging Chelsea Manning to extract the files. The behaviors exhibited by Assange, even if proven to be true, since there is still some discrepancy on his encouragement of Manning, are clearly expressions of a free press to gain further information after an informant has initially contacted them about the information so that they'd like to, you know, blow the whistle on. So, yes, information was classified. But if the information is showing the government to be doing illegal or unethical behavior as they were doing, it is the right of the press to assist whistleblowers in publishing the information so that the public is aware. We have precedent for protecting the publishers of classified or sensitive information that we must follow from previous court cases like New York Times uh, Company versus the United States that took place in 1971 about the publishing of the then classified Pentagon Papers that were being whistleblown by Daniel Ellsberg. Shout out to um, candidate Mike Gravel uh, for also reading those papers into the congressional record. Uh, and if you want to enjoy uh, while learning more about the Pentagon Papers uh, release, maybe check out the 2017 Academy Award nominated movie, The Post. So, with historical legal precedent showing the extradition and arrest of Julian Assange to be unjust, and even further unjust due to the fact that Julian Assange isn't even an American citizen like Daniel Ellsberg was, the encouragement of extracting the files, if true, should not matter. And Julian Assange should not be arrested. So with some of that context and my opinion out of the way, I think it's time uh, to analyze and celebrate our weekly piece. 
Uh, this time we'll be covering a piece from Caitlin Johnston, uh, where she's debunking some of the common misconceptions about the Julian Assange scandal. So one note before we get into her article, I've decided I will cover my beliefs on the optimal structure of the press, as I mentioned previously I'd release here, in a separate future episode, because I'm trying to make an effort to shrink the length of these videos so that it'll be easier to fit your watching or listening schedules. After I got this feedback from you all from our Twitter polls, which again, thank you so much for participating in. Okay. So, Caitlin's piece. It drew my attention so magnetically due to three main successes in the way she laid it out. First, she starts pretty strong in her thesis by laying out the case that there is a concerted effort to obfuscate the conversation by not focusing on the actual charges laid against Assange, but to malign his character so much that the public would willingly look past the dangerous precedent being enacted uh, by his arrest. Second, after laying out her beliefs of why it is incorrect to set such a precedent for future whistleblowing and the tactics that they are using to actually achieve that, Caitlin lists a pretty concise list of 27 arguments uh, that she uses uh, that people are using to malign his character and therefore enable his extradition and arrest. Third, she lays out 10 tactical points on how to properly equip yourself to discuss the subject of Julian Assange, which are one, be clear that your goal is to fight against disinformation campaigns, not to win or to change the mind of the person you're arguing with. Two, Remember that whoever you're debating probably doesn't really know much about the claim they're making. Three, remember that they're only ever running from their own cognitive dissonance. Four, remember that the burden of proof is on the one making the claim. Five, never let them trick you into expending more energy than they're expending. Six, if you see a high-profile Twitter account sharing disinformation about Assange, debunk their disinformation as clearly and concisely as possible. Then, retweet your response to your followers. 7. Point out at every opportunity that they are advancing a smear. 8. Make it about Assange's imprisonment and extradition. 9. Familiar... Familiarize yourself with the 10 common logical fallacy sins, which are ad hominem, straw man, uh, the hasty generalization, begging the question, false cause, false dichotomy, ad ignoratum, uh, the burden of proof reversal, non sequiturs, and bandwagon fallacies. 10. Finally, rely as much on fact and as little on opinion as possible. Finally, after laying out a clear list of attacks she wishes to debunk and methods for you to equip yourself to do the same in the social media realm, she goes through one by one on the following list of 27 attacks against Assange and discusses why they try to make the argument 
and why they are incorrect to assert the argument or that the detail is simply irrelevant to justify his imprisonment. So, one, he's not a journalist. So first, he is a journalist. He's an award-winning journalist. He's gotten awards from the GUE as well as the NGL uh, for being the journalists, whistleblowers, and defenders of the right to information. Uh, secondly, Julian Assange is a member of Australia's media union. Two, he's a rapist. So this is an unproven allegation which Assange has always denied. Uh, one piece of detail from that case, which is important, is that the condom that was brought to the police involved in this rape case had no DNA either from the alleged victim nor Julian Assange. Uh, furthermore, uh, from a police interview with Arden, the person who was making these uh, allegations, uh, they were conducted with her present and without a recording device for any of us to actually hear how this was reported. Uh, there's also accusations constituting uh, sexual molestation, uh, not actually rape. So they, she then further goes into giving a more detailed explanation by providing a video from Infobytes TV. Uh, and then finally concludes that even if he was a rapist, which would be terrible, obviously, it's still not a legitimate reason to support a U.S. extradition and prosecution, which would set a very dangerous precedent that poses a threat to the freedom of the press everywhere. Three, he was hiding from rape charges in the embassy. Uh, no, he, he was hiding from U.S. extradition. And his arrest this month under a U.S. extradition warrant proved that he was right to do so. So, fourth, uh, he's a Russian agent. So, first, not even the U.S. government alleges that WikiLeaks knowingly coordinated with the Kremlin in the 2016 publication of the Democratic Party emails. Uh, the Robert Mueller special counsel alleged only that Guccifer 2.0 was the source of that email and that Guccifer 2.0 was a persona covertly operated by Russian conspirators. Furthermore, uh, WikiLeaks has published hundreds of thousands of documents pertaining to Russia and has made critical comments about the Russian government and has defended dissident Russian activists including in 2017 when he published an entire trove called The Spy Files that Russia Exposed Russian Surveillance Practices. Five, he's being prosecuted for hacking crimes, not journalism. So Assange is being prosecuted based on the exact same evidence that the Obama administration had access to when it was investigating him uh, to see if he could be prosecuted for his role in the Manning leaks. But the Obama administration ruled that it was impossible to prosecute him based on that evidence because it would endanger press freedoms. Furthermore, um, these are things that journalists do all the time, you know, attempting to help a source avoid detection, taking steps to try to hide their communications, and encouraging Manning to provide more material evidence. Finally, there's executive orders that protect this. You have Presidential Executive Order 13526, which in Section 1.7 explicitly forbids 
the classification of material in order to hide government malfeasance. Quote, in no case shall information be classified, continue to be maintained as classified, or fail to be class declassified in order to, one, conceal violations of law, inefficiency, or administrative error, two, prevent embarrassment to a person, organization, or agency. Okay, so now for the sixth maligning smear. He should just go to America and face the music. If he's innocent, he's got nothing to fear. So, this is ridiculous. So, he is going to the Eastern District of Virginia court uh, where no national security defendant has ever won a case in. Uh, Chelsea Manning herself did not get a fair trial, according to her own lawyer, so I don't know why we should expect Julian Assange to be able to get one himself, too. Seven. Well, he jumped bail. Of course the UK had to arrest him. So, no, this doesn't make sense. Um, Sweden, they dropped its rape investigation. That caused him to actually need to be on the bail violation in the first place. And so it doesn't make sense for us to try and smear him for avoiding bail for charges that were dropped. Eight. He's a narcissist, a megalomaniac, and a jerk. Uh, this is irrelevant. It's an ad hominem. Nine. He's a horrible monster for reasons X, Y, and Z. But I don't think he should be extradited. Uh, you're not helping. Your stated goal is not being helped by your position of still trying to assist the smear. You're helping breed consent from those that were otherwise on the fence about him as a person uh, that are not actually trying to really think about the actual charges that are being laid against him. 10. Trump is going to rescue him and they'll work together to end the deep state. Relax, wait and see. No, this is speculation to just justify complacency of the breach of freedom of the press. 11. He put poop on the walls. Poop. Poop! There's no proof uh, yet that this is even real. But even if it's true, this is so irrelevant to his arrest on conspiracy charges. 12. Very similar to this. He's stinky. See the last one, it's irrelevant. 13, he was a bad house guest. This narrative only really helps to serve uh, the Ecuadorian role in the turning over Assange to the Metropolitan Police. Um, furthermore, this is Ecuador's new president, uh, Lenin Moreno, quickly found himself being courted by the US government once he was taking over an office when he met with Mike uh, Pence and they were reportedly discussing Assange after U.S. Democratic uh, senators petitioned Pence to push for Moreno to revoke the political asylum. The New York Times reported in 2017 about Trump's sleazy uh, goon of Paul Manafort where he met with Moreno and offered to broker a deal where Ecuador could receive debt relief uh, in exchange for handing over Assange. And just last month, Ecuador ended up receiving a $4.2 billion loan from the Washington-based IMF.
Okay, so now reason 14. He conspired with Don Jr. So first, the email exchanges between Donald Trump Jr. and the WikiLeaks Twitter account reveal nothing other than the two parties trying to extract favors from each other and doing so quite unsuccessfully, in fact. So the sent info that WikiLeaks actually sent was the following. So first, it was information about a pro-Iraq war pack, which it said was now running an anti-Trump site, as well as giving the password to a press review site so he could see it and comment on its content. Second, he gave a request for help circulating a story about Hillary Clinton's alleged suggestion to just drone Julian Assange. Third, uh, he had given him a link and a suggestion that Trump get his followers digging through the Podesta emails for incriminating information. Fourth, uh, he sent a solicitation for Trump's tax return, which was hot news at the time. The WikiLeaks account reasoned with Don Jr. that they could get the jump on any leaks to the establishment media by leaking it to WikiLeaks first. Fifth, uh, they made a suggestion that Trump not concede the election he was expected to lose so as to draw attention to the massive problems in America's electoral system, specifically the media corruption, uh, the primary corruption, and the PAC corruption, you know, etc. Then sixth, he gave a suggestion that Trump ask Australia to make Assange ambassador to D.C., knowing they won't do it, but in order to send the right signals to the U.S. allies who had been collaborating with U.S. power to keep him as a de facto political prisoner. So seventh, uh, he sent a couple more links that he also wanted to have some more attention on. And then eight, he gave a suggestion to Don Jr. to publish the information on his Trump Tower meeting with uh, WikiLeaks. And then nine, there's basically nothing here that leads us to acts of conspiracy. And all journalists really have an agenda just like we even here at the Hill of Roses clearly have by sharing the content that we do. 15, uh, he, Julian Assange, he only publishes leaks about America. G go back to our fourth point. Uh, we made this criticism of where he showed Russia as an example, and this just shows that this is clearly wrong. He does way more than just America. Um, 16, he's an anti-Semite. So this is untrue, but this is a more lengthy, detailed explanation that goes behind this. So I'm going to actually leave this to you all to read more and give Caitlin Johnston the actual view for her article. So make sure you check out the more full uh, description that she gives for that part. Uh, it'll be included in the description section below. So second, even I, as a secular Jew, if it was true, let's say he is an anti-Semite. That doesn't matter in this case, to be frank. Uh, like, we should handle this It's a conspiracy case. Let's not take into the fact that these other factors could or could not be true, which Caitlin describes pretty accurately is not true. Uh, we should not be setting dangerous precedent on whistleblowing because of him being a potential anti-Semite. Number 17. He's a fascist. So 
this is a very weird claim. Uh, demanding that governments be transparent and that powerful people be held to account is just not at all compatible with fascism. 18. He was a Trump supporter. Uh, no, it, like, like many people, he just hated Hillary. Uh, this is just really common sense of the reason why when you have quotes of Hillary saying about Julian Assange, can't we just drone that guy? Um, so this is what Assange was quoted uh, when he was accused of just being a Trump actor. Uh, quote, next time, don't imprison and kill my friends, deprive my children of their father, corrupt judicial processes, bully allies into doing the same, and run a seven-year unconstitutional grand jury against me and my staff. Also, in July 2016, Assange compared the choice between Clinton and Trump to a choice between cholera and gonorrhea, saying, personally, I would prefer neither. So, when a Twitter user suggested to Assange in, 2016, uh, in, in 2017 that he start sucking up to Trump in order to secure a pardon, Assange replied, I'd rather eat my own intestines. So this is clear. He doesn't like Trump. He just really hated Hillary, which I don't blame him. She wanted him dead. Uh, okay, so 19. You know, I used to like him until he ruined the 2016 election. Or, you know, I used to hate him until he saved the 2016 election. So your partisan nature shouldn't matter on how legal affairs are decided and how dangerous precedents for whistleblowing are, you know, come into fruition. 20. He's got blood on his hands. So, in 2013, the Pentagon, who had every incentive to try and dig up evidence that WikiLeaks had gotten people killed, ruled that no such instances had been discovered. 21. He published the details of millions of Turkish women voters. Now, uh, this is a weird one again. Like, this was Emma Best who wrote that. You need to start fact-checking better there. 22. He supported right-wing political parties in Australia. So... Australia at one point actually had a WikiLeaks party and they ended up actually inadvertently giving some preferential votes to the right-wing parties in New South Wales as a result of an administrative error. So again, like the anti-Semitism claim, if you want to go into depth and get more of this longer explanation so we can save time for this video a little bit, Go learn more about how the ranked choice voting system failed them and led to that administrative error that gave the right-wing parties a little bit more uh, support. But, again, like uh, some of these claims again, we have to just say this is just an irrelevant claim. Even if he was helping out a right-wing party in Australia, this has nothing to do with a conspiracy case surrounding the whistleblowing that Chelsea Manning did back in 2010. 23. He endangered the lives of gay Saudis. 
So when he did do some publishing of these informations, including some of the Saudi cables, uh, these were KSA government documents, which basically means the government already had them. So there was no danger of legal retaliation based on Saudi Arabia's laws against homosexuality. So then 24, he's a CIA agent and he is a limited hangout. This is one of her weakest points. So, you know, we'll have to knock her here uh, because she brings up the point and is trying to rebut them all. But then even she says, you know, we're going to need to punt on this one uh, to do some more investigation into this matter. So I think it's obviously one of her worst parts for including it without having that rebuttal to it. Uh, but I think she's clearly made up for it for a great rest of her piece. So then 25, he mistreated his cat. Not true, not relevant, keep it moving. 26, he's a pedophile. No, he's not. There are no charges of pedophilia being levied against him by any government law enforcement. This has solely been an accusation by a dating site called Todd and Claire. Uh, Caitlin also shares a link to the WikiLeaks timeline explaining their account of the narrative control operation designed to malign them. Uh, so check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about that. 27. Finally, he lied about Seth Rich. So you're going to have to go back again and see our fourth point about him being a Russian asset as he's consistently denied his source being the Russians, and that there is a lack of evidence to connect Guccifer 2.0 to the Russian government, as well as linking Guccifer 2.0 to WikiLeaks. So I believe the destruction of Caitlin's argument, the context behind the motivation of arresting him, the painting of the dangerous precedent being set, the, the tactical advice to use on social media, and the, the sourced disputes of common claims against Julian Assange all make Caitlin Jonestown's piece on the medium a worthwhile read you should all check out. I've included it, as I mentioned beforehand, in the description section, so please give her her credit. Go read it. So that's going to do it on the Julian Assange scandal, folks, for this week. Look forward to our updates in the future after we see how his case plays out. We're not optimistic, but we have to do what we can to try and fight back and make the case for him not to be arrested. If you liked what you watched or heard today, please make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And also give us a like uh, if you're here watching on YouTube or a rating if you're listening to us on one of our uh, audio podcast portals. It's the only way that we get to show that roses are growing upon our hill. Also, make sure you check out the Elite Eight of Pod Madness over on Twitter. The competition is really heating up and the final round is going to be announced this Thursday. Furthermore, uh, we also want you to make sure you check out the poll that we released right before this video for this upcoming week's episode on the subject of whether or not we should impeach Donald Trump. 
Finally, our Terrific Tuesday initiative that we told you all about last week, we're going to put a slight change into this after we had received some feedback on the matter. Um, we're going to be conducting it rather than weekly as we have been doing beforehand. It's now going to be switched to monthly uh, on the first Tuesday of every month. The reason why we're doing this is this is going to allow us to have first our final poll be on the actual day of the election in 2020. Further, uh, it's going to allow us to have greater sample sizes rather than we've been ranging between 30 and 49 uh, as our maximum uh, responses. So this will give us a better sample size and really know where we stand in terms of grades. And furthermore, it, for those of you that have already been great participating so much doing this, it's going to save you some time so you don't have to do this every week. So that's going to do it, friends. Until next time, stay rosy.